Welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. It's all about interviewing everyday, ordinary Christians who have strong roots of faith and then applying it to our own lives. Whether you are seeking, whether you're new to faith, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a really long time, come grow Strong Roots with us. Hey, Strong Roots. We are in our Holy Hustle season, and I am here with Rich, and we are talking about how to have a Holy Hustle at church. And one of my favorite things about Rich is he is no-nonsense. I just love that he, but you speak truth in love also, which I feel like is really hard to find in this day and age. But all that said, my favorite part about him really is his love for the Lord and the way that he stands for him all the time. So I can't imagine somebody better for this holy hustle at church. So Rich, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'm so excited. So right away, Rich, what hustle? You should lower expectations. Oh, lower expectations? <laughs> well, I don't think you should. But anyways, Rich, what hustle has God called the church to, and what has he not called the church to? Um, I think clearly God's called the church to reach people who don't know Jesus, um, yeah. to, uh, you know, seek those folks and, and share Jesus' love with them. Um, I think what he's not called the church to is to, um, it just kind of be a country club and, and like, just sit back and, you know, basically say, Hey, we're good. And everybody else can go to hell. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. That, that's just, yeah, that's the reality of it. I think it is what in your opinion I mean, have you ever felt that way? Like, I know I have. Like, oh, it'd just be easier just to not to do anything and be cool with Jesus and me. I think it's very easy to get complacent in your faith because yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's it's cool, and yeah. and I'm yeah. So it's, um, I think I think that's the challenge, right? To to stay motivated, to stay relevant, to stay active in in one's faith, and not just kind of be a, a spectator. Absolutely. What has helped you, what has God used to not, to help you not just be a spectator? Um, you know, years ago, um, we had a, um, I'm going to call it an extensive Bible study thing yeah. here. It was called Living Fire. Um, and that was a real eye opener for me. Uh, and I think it was for many of the people that went through it as well. And it just, uh, I don't know, it kind of made things more real and relevant and yeah. um, kind of gave me a, a sense of urgency maybe yeah. to use it. Yeah. Not just keep it to to me. Yeah, and become spiritually obese, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just be lazy. Yeah. Be complacent, yeah. Absolutely. So God has created each member of the body of Christ with a unique purpose. How did you find yours, and how have you experienced a holy hustle in that purpose? Um, again, I think through that living fire process years ago, it just kind of raised awareness in me through some of the things we did. It was, I mean, it was just basically a in, in very intensive Bible study. But through that, um, I kind of learned that I believe God has called me to... Um, challenge other people yeah. in their faith, motivate them in their faith. Um, yeah, I know this will shock you, but I can be a little bit um, 
confrontational. <laughs> so it, it's really a good fit for me yeah. um, to just keep people active and motivated yeah. and, and, and spurred on maybe for lack of better terms. And it, it's, and, and I like it because I kind of get to, you know, bust some chops and just keep people off the sidelines, so to speak. And I also think you're really good at holding people accountable. Like, I feel like you are constantly, when you say bus chops, I think you're also really good at continuing to point people to Jesus, point people to the mission. Like, okay, like you said, we're not going to be lazy. Let's go. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's anything worth doing is worth doing well. Yeah. Um, and I think that should go with our with our walk with the Lord as well, um, as far as being active and not, mm-hmm. you know, again, not being complacent. Let's, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah, do it. Absolutely. Let's do it. So have you ever said yes to too many good things? And what was the result? Um, you know, I I think I have. Um, you know, it's possible saying yes to this is one too many things, okay? Right. Um, but I work best with a full plate. Okay. Um, it's hard to explain, but if, if, if I've got 58 things going on, I'm... I'm more in tune than if I just had five things going on. And um, it's it's good for me. I could see where saying yes for some folks to too many things yeah. could be overwhelming. And they might not do them with the excellence they require. Yeah. Um, but I, I like it. I like a full plate and I, I function best that way. What do you say no to? Um, you know, years ago I said yes to cadets. I was a cadet counselor. Uh, if I was, we don't have cadets, but yeah. it's, it's kind of like a boy scouts. I would say no to that because <laughs> that was, that was an epic failure. Um, so you, you learn as you go. Um, but you know, years ago, uh, Val Fozzi did a thing at church, um, with two jars and, the, the God stuff was the rocks in the jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, our stuff was the sand in the jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put the rocks in first, the sand would oh, always yeah. fit over the rocks. If you put the sand in first, the rocks didn't fit. And that is just a simple image that's always that's good stuck in my brain. Um, so I'm very busy in my business life, my personal life, and I try to be equally as busy in my my God life, my church life, whatever, and yeah. try to say yes. And, you know, I make time for all the other stuff. I, I feel, I don't want to say obligated, but to a certain degree obligated to make sure I make time for the, for the God stuff and try to put that first because everything else then fits. In fits. It just, it just works. Can't explain it to you any simpler than the Val yeah. illustration. And it's true. It works. So, Which it almost feels like it shouldn't. Like, logically. But it, whenever you veer from it, you see it and you feel it in your own life. Like, clearly, God being an afterthought is not working. Right. Yeah. It, and it's the, it's, the, it's the same two things going in the jar. <laughs> yeah. It's just the order you put them in there. And it works just fine when you do it right. Amen. It's so true. So what is there to gain from a holy hustle? You know, I think the the gain is the satisfaction of knowing that 
you did something that mattered that's mm-hmm. going to be it, it's going to have a, a an eternal impact right i mean right. it's you 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 have as a christian you have the ability to literally impact someone's eternity right um that's pretty cool when you think about it right yes. i mean we can do you know you can you can build a house you can buy a business you could see whatever there's things you can do that are just like here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, obviously, eternity's forever, and to have a, you know, even just a small part in that, it kind of like makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, doesn't it? I yes. Mean, There's nothing better. It's it is it's just it's powerful. It's meaningful. Um, and you know, the older I get, the more I realize that that's more important than some of the other stuff that one might get bogged down with, right? Absolutely. And any little impact for eternity. I mean, I'm sure you've seen in your life little things you've done that have made an eternal impact. They're like, I didn't even know that did. It is funny how you hear things like after the fact. Um, Even at my dad's funeral, people were coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, your dad did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? My father? And it, yeah. So sometimes you don't even know what you're doing. Um, And, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, you're, you might just be a link in the chain. That's true. Um, And yeah, I, because of the way I'm wired, I like to close the deal, so to speak. Yeah. But Sometimes we have to just be content being a link in the chain, uh, just being obedient to this is all the good Lord needs you to do here and let somebody else close the deal. You just got to be a link, you know? So, I would say sometimes that is hard to like actually got to be like, okay, this is your lane. Like, don't overstep your lane. <laughs> well, yeah, there's 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 something about winning, right? That it's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very competitive. So it's, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the link is cool, but the <laughs> taking them across the finish line is, yeah. it just feels more victorious. Yeah, right? it does. Yeah. But it's all, it all matters. It does. And it's all treasure in heaven. Yes. Um, Rich, what is the church's goal and how can we hustle to get there? The church's goal, as far as what? To, like the church with a capital C, like, and you kind of said it in the beginning, but like Jesus's commission to the church, like what should the church's ideal world, like what should our church's goal always be? Again, to reach people that, that don't know Jesus, to share yeah. God's love, God's grace. Um, I mean, you know, um, Dave Fieldhouse said this at a consistory meeting years ago. He said, we live in a world that's dying from a spiritual mm. cancer. As the church, we have the cure. Yeah. And what are we doing with it? Yeah. So, that's you know, good. that's, I thought that was a pretty good um, analogy. It's so, spot on. Yeah. And what are we doing with it? Are, are we actively helping people with it or are we literally letting them die? Yeah. So, you know, we have, that's the choice we make every day, right? Do we share it or do we keep it? And it's weighty. That's weighty. And, you know, I think people want it. People need it. They're just not 
necessarily aware of it and they look for it in whatever, right? Whether it's the bottom of a bottle or whether, I don't know, people, they, they, they do different things for different reasons. Um, because, I don't know, because they don't know, or they're too afraid, or they're whatever, or nobody's just taking the time to to share it with them, because it is fascinating how receptive most people, I mean, some oh, people yeah. some people don't want anything to do with it, but most people are very receptive um, when, you, when you share with them. Absolutely. I would say more than not, for sure, because I think we, God did make us, his word is written on our heart, and I think sharing him with there's something it resonates you know there's truth to it even if you don't want it even if you want to reject it like we were made in his image and something strikes true every time yeah and that's that just could be that link we were talking about right you're just you're just a link but plant the seed yes yes. be the link so how can believers encourage each other through the holy hustle like how can we be you kind of mentioned we all have our gifts but like how can we be an encouragement to keep each other Reaching people far from God. I think you just have to, um, you know, like I, I like our small groups or like yeah, life yes. groups as we call them. Um, it, that's that's a um, intentional way with six, eight, ten people to hold each other accountable and and make sure you're not just going through the motions. I guess okay. Yeah. Um, that I I think that's probably the most effective way that I could think of just sitting here right now. Obviously, you know, we get, um, you know, messages every Sunday that are designed to motivate us and inspire us and and do all that stuff. But I think when it's, when it's one-on-one or, you know, six on six or whatever your small group is or whatever, it's, it's more, um, uh, intentional maybe and, and personal. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if people are Doing them, um, I don't want to say correctly, but if if, if they're yeah. doing it the right way, people are going to be real. They're going to open up, and people are probably going to be like, "Oh man, I'm I'm glad you feel that way too because I struggle with this or I struggle with that." Yeah, and they can encourage each other and 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 be better and be more motivated, I guess, about sharing their faith and growing in the Lord and all that kind of jazz. I couldn't answer that better. I'd be like, that's right on. I mean, you need people in your life who will hold you accountable and also get in the trenches with you and be real with you because we all fall short. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded, like, we're all we're all just pointing to Jesus. Like, and he can use imperfect people to do pretty incredible things. Absolutely. And it, it, it usually takes one person to kind of fall on their sword and then you could almost like hear everybody just breathe a sigh of relief yes. and be like, oh man, yeah, because I... <laughs> I deal with that too, and I have, and and then it gets real, and yeah, and, yeah, and people work through it. Absolutely. People work through it when when they're real. Yeah. When you're when you're not, you know, putting on your mask or whatever it is, whatever it is we do, right? Because we're Christians and we're supposed to have it all together. All together, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not true. Yeah, the gospel wouldn't be true it's if that were true. true. <laughs> not true. So you got a question for me? I'm going to flip the table. Um. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. Um. So. As the pastor's wife, um, I think there's a public perception or a public expectation of what that's supposed to look like. Um, So I guess my question to you is, um, are you aware of it? How do you deal with it? How do you feel you 
live up to it or not live up to it while simultaneously um, doing your holy hustle, as we're calling it, um, raising four kids, uh, dealing with Pastor John and all that, all that jazz. (laughs) So, so the answer, the first question of like, the expectations of a pastor's wife, pretty much, and how I measure up to that, feel about that, right? I I feel like, speaking of Pastor John, I feel like he set me up pretty well because he makes it pretty public that we're both very imperfect people on a Sunday, which I am really grateful for. Like, I, you know, he always asks my permission, you know, but he very much makes it clear, like, we fight. We, um, I don't know, he'll tell stories of like me scratching the minivan and not telling them, you know what I mean? Like, which I'm really grateful for. So I think most people at our church don't put me necessarily on as high a pedestal because I hear a lot of people say, my, one of my favorite things about this church is that you and Pastor John are real. So that's a blessing. Because uh, I think it, like to your point, it could be really easy to want to appear perfect or more holy or whatever, but we're not. We are, there are people in this church who are way more holy and way better Christians than we are, period. Like I tell my kids that all the time. Like I will not pretend that there aren't better Christians even at this church, let alone on the planet, right? So, and I think that honesty on stage, but also one-on-one, like I'm very real. I'm an open book, like, and I, it's good for my soul too, to be able to be like, hey, like, I have struggled with that too. Um, I do, I have found, so I'm pretty always surprised when I do get like, oh, you're the pastor's wife, or like, I was really nervous to meet you, and I'm like, really? There's a stigma that that goes with it, yeah. Yeah, or like, even at the grocery store, two people I didn't know, they're like, hey, Kristen, I'm like, hey, then I'm thinking like, where do they go to Wheatfield, you know, and they're like, no, we're actually uh, going to the other church, but Everyone around town here knows you. And I'm like, really? Like, what? And then I'm like, what are actors like, what are they saying about me? <laughs> that always makes me nervous when somebody knows me and I don't know who they are. It's yes. like, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm like, okay. But I don't know. So that does surprise me. And it is something that I kind of just brush off because it's like, that's not my identity, right? Um, but I will say with my kids and John and all the things, I think. I think the same thing. I, I try to be really real with my kids and um, try to let apologize a lot. Because um, I think not only you're their parents, so you're on a pedestal, but I do think it's their pastor. And it's, you know, I'm I, they go to Hebron. It's their campus director. Like, that's a weird dynamic, too. And so just being really, really honest and, and apologetic when we do fall short and continually telling them, like, I will never hit the mark like Jesus is the only one and the more that I can tell them that and even sure I'm we're pretty honest about even just our past like hey like here's how we messed up and like God had better for me you know so keeping it real is oh everything important oh yeah yeah. because yeah I don't want to live up to like I don't want to I can't live up to that expectation and then Jesus can shine when we're weak God's strong, right? Absolutely. Thank you for letting me pick your brain. I appreciate it. It's all good. It's all good. And thank you guys for tuning in. We are so excited to see how you're going to live this out. We want to challenge you. Get in a life group. If you are wanting to have a holy hustle at church, we would love for you to get real with other people. Do life and let them encourage you to live out the Great Commission. Can't wait to see you next time. Bye, guys. 
Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Strong Roots Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on all our other social media platforms. And I want to let you know that I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.